0: As the camera drifts slowly down through the muck-ridden streets, we are f- greeted with the familiar sound. No more is the silence of the mana waste again. Click-clack. Click-clack. The city of turns ever so diligently. That was a weird way to say di- diligently, but I said it, and now it's there. A familiar location comes into view. A small lot overgrown with weeds and bushy flowers. Chicken wire sprawled across the top keeps out most intruders. We arrive back at the home of notorious inventor Vashon Gattleby. Inventor of the Pyronite and the person who has kicked off this crazy chain of events that somehow finds you back in his living room planning what happens next. The camera drifts in slow through the front door, and we can hear muffled voices deep in the middle of conversation. A halfling woman sits tied in a chair in the corner, looking sad, depressed. A Inventor, not Gattleby, but He meanders around the room taking a look at Gattleby's workshop and all of his tools and notes and schematics that he's left behind, paging through them idly, looking for the next great idea, and perhaps learning how the man might have invented Pyronite in the first place. And while that's going on, we hear our outlaws voices talking over each other and I think that's where the scene sort of picks up with you guys you can see there's a table out in the middle you've got like schematics papers rolled open there's all kinds of arrows drawn
1: plans take it away wait 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 I want to make sure that I'm going over this diligently Minus one
2: hero point. <laughs> yes, yeah, can you uh walk through this one more time?
3: Phase one. We send our esteemed guests back to their home. Hal, you'll follow them. Walk with them.
2: I'll take them. Absolutely.
3: Our esteemed guests will talk to their boss and arrange a meeting somewhere on neutral ground. They'll bring Mugland and we'll bargain for his release. When I say we, phase two, I mean me, Hal, glances over to Wybert and that big bucket of bolts behind me. You two, Anita Refi, somewhere out of sight. Inevitably, if this goes sideways, well, you know what to do. But stay somewhere safe, just in case. The goal, they give us Mugland we give them either a portion of Muglin's estate you know, to pay off all of those debts. I'm sure he liquidates some of his assets and he'll be just fine. Or failing that, well Saru taps this like silvery liquid, which is in a potion, at his hip. I'll come up with something. If that doesn't work and it goes pear-shaped, and there's a shootout. A. They shoot before we do. B. Mugland is the priority. Alive, preferably. So we can find some scrap of justice in this city. But if we have to, then. Well, we know what Alcatraz justice is. C. If we need to make a hasty escape, we go to that place. That first mission we had, go there and lay low.
2: All right. That's pretty simple.
0: The the little, uh, halfling woman kind of leans into the corner over here. The shot, like, uh, not to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but, uh, Maybe we can go over again. I, I'm what message I'm relaying to to Charcosa.
3: We'd like to speak to Sharkosa about Muglin's release. Somewhere neutral, you know the spot.
0: Right, right. I, I mean, I, I I will deliver the message. I am perfectly capable, and I promise I will. Uh, as she like side glances at the lot of you with like all your weaponry. I'm just saying, if she doesn't agree to it. You're not going to hold it against me, right? I mean...
3: If she doesn't agree, tell her I have something that she'd be very interested to see.
0: There's like a sort of like sidelong glance as she kind of glances down sort of rubs the back of her head kind of impishly and nods. Right, right. So the meeting, the purpose of the meeting, you just tell her you want... I'm supposed to relay that you want Mugland, and she'll. Yeah, of course. You know what? You guys are great at this planning. It's fine. I'm sure she'll she'll agree to the safety of her fortress and come into a deep area where you could absolutely assault and murder
1: her. It'll be fine.
3: Just gotta glare until she shuts up. We want Mugland. We can bargain for his release.
1: No, if you don't agree, we could go with option. I shoot you now. Oh, nope nope, it's fine. I'm not paid for my thinking. Fine enough, me neither. That's why I'm not sure about all those options, Saruk. I kind of stopped listening halfway through. So you just tell me where to go and when to shoot.
3: Why am I not surprised? Yeah, will do, pal.
1: Then I start eating more of the box of chalkies that Saruk bought me and Annie. This is something you guys are ready to enact right now. Then
0: we can go about it. So step one, I believe, is... You're not escorting her so much as just, well, are you escorting her or are you tailing her? Like what's, what's the approach here?
2: I'm going to escort her to where she needs to go. And I think at that time, he'll look back over to her and take a little rip of her clothing. And if you do run, we'll find you.
0: Right. Uh, Are we saying that I succeeded in my mission and Kosawana is dead or he's not alive. I'm gonna wanna know what happened. What, what do I tell her?
2: You can tell her whatever gets us a meeting. Sir nods.
0: Perhaps I could better sell the story if he was to give me, and she kinda does the little, like, necklace motion, and you can see that, like, he still wears this cog necklace, like his holy symbol that like Kosawana still has around his neck. If we could potentially get that it might sell the story a little better
3: i like how helpful you've become kosawana you mind
0: oh kosawana kind of like looks down and kind of like half forgot he was wearing it pulls it off his neck and just unceremoniously like drops it onto the table you know it's like an award like it's it's engraved from the temple of brian it says like uh second cog olamon kosawana uh presented with honor in the name of the bronze lady and it's like all this it's not just a holy symbol it's a personal thing that was given to him by his church and he just drops it over without even a a hesitation
4: oh hang on i have something that could maybe sell it more so anita gets like a knife and then just cuts her hand and then just flicks it over there there you go here's some a little bit of oil there you go that should work
1: Honey, honey, that's completely unnecessary. We should have cut Kosawana. Um I, I'm almost tempted,
0: just for the hell of it, to have Anita do a create forgery role, but it's not really a forgery, but it sort of is. There you yeah. go. But um, no, we're, we're good. She picks up and takes the, you know, takes the holy symbol and, like, tucks it into one of her pockets. She's like, I'm... I'm Ready to go if you are, and she like holds out her bound hands to like untie
2: her. I'll spring forth his claws and make quick work of the rope. All right, lead the way. Be right here beside you.
0: Yeah, you can see, you can just feel like the nervousness as she's there's a, there's a mix of nervousness in you saying that, and a little bit of excitement in sort of being released. You know, she's been in your captivity. I don't know if captivity is right, but she's been under your watchful eye for at least the past four days if you traveled home from the Kraler Courts. So she's excited to get back home. You guys have no problem uh, leaving. You're going to escort her most of the way, all of the way?
2: I'll escort her right to the front door and knock if she wants me to.
0: Okay, so we have the rest of you guys are going to stay back with Gallowbees and then Hal and are going to set their the to set a meeting, right? Right. So Hal and Esther are, are sort of walking from Galoby's house, who is, you know, he's up in Steamhaven. She starts leading you out to the Ferris quarter, but she does mention it's in the north end of the Ferris quarter. The description she gives means it's it's essentially in the same general area as the uh, barrel and bullet saloon. Although not right down the street or anything, but it is in that sort of northern Ferris area. And so to get there, you guys kind of have to go through Estradi Heights. It's the shortest way. She kind of leads you there. She's like, thanks for not being as crazy as the rest of your friends. I, I, can, I know what you have inside of you, right? I saw the anger. I honestly, I, I really am sorry about your friends there
2: yeah I'm sorry about your friends too or your brother as it were yeah it it was my brother that
0: what's that one fella's name with the horns he's a bit of a dick about the whole thing
2: wouldn't say he's a dick he tipped his horn to you
0: he puppeted my dead brother in front of me as he
2: negotiated your goodwill and honesty I would say
0: thanks for not being the crazy one in the bunch obviously they trust you to do these important things volunteered maybe I'm being a bit forward here but perhaps there's a an arrangement that can be made a price that we could, I could pay you could just let me go on my merry way bygones be bygones Look,
2: part of the Gunners. You can get in for cosa and get us that meeting. That's it. And then you can run off and do whatever the hell it is you won't think you're going to do. In fact, if you want to tour of the Mana Wastes again, I can take you out there. And you can be completely forgotten from anybody here in Alpha Star.
0: He's not going to let me live. You realize this, right? You're sentencing me to death. After what your friend did, shakes her head.
2: They won't welcome me back. You got this, whatever it is here, this piece of metal with the clockwork thing on it. Got called Cole, Cole him on and you got, you also got the doctor too. Well, not the doctor. Yeah, it'll be professor, whatever the hell he is. Sounds like a two for one to me.
0: She nods and she gulps and she says let's just hope Sarcosa listens and you can tell there's something here something that's happened that's really weighing down on her and she does feel like she's marching for what she believes is going to be her ultimate death but you guys arrive outside of a like a fairly nondescript smithy it's just it's, it's like this this Smithy's store right in the middle of the Ferris quarter. And she sort of nods towards the door. She says, this is the place under here, at least. And she turns and she looks coming in or you sending me.
2: I'll wait out here. He lights a cigarette and leans against the wall next to the door. Pulls his hat down a little bit and crosses his arms and waits for the best for the worst.
0: She takes a deep breath, steadies herself, walks right in to the front door. Um, You can hear there's a little bit of greeting between her and the person. She's like, you can hear like, Coriel, nice, nice to see you again. You know, like, where's, where's your brother? You know, there's, you can't really hear, but there's some um, conversation. And after like a moment, the conversation sort of dies and you're just staying out there, Hal on the street. I think there's, you know, uh, some of the, the sort of clockwork-powered cars come around. I think at this point, there's probably a sort of demonstration, a workers' right group that kind of comes around the corner and marches through. And you can see sort of embedded within the middle of the crowd, an old buddy of yours, Aldo, who is very vocal about, you know, workers' rights, seem to be in the midst of a very... I wouldn't say big because you've seen bigger protests before, but there's a very vocal, very angry crowd of people sort of like coming around and you can see like protesting, like, you know, hey, hey, ho, ho, all these clockworks got to go. They seem to be have turned their fervor in like an anti-clockwork passion. They're coming by and you're sort of off to the side, not drawing a lot of attention to yourself. I don't know if you want to. Join in or say anything or just let him pass?
2: What would Hal do? And Hal looks at his freshly displayed tattooed arms of clockworks and, <laughs> you know, just crosses them over his chest in a somewhat guarded manner. He keeps his hand on his top of his kopesh, just smokes a cigarette and lets the crowd go by.
0: The sort of chanting continues down the street and turns the corner going deeper into the ferris quarter a bit of time enough time passes that it feels a bit uncomfortable and you start to maybe get a little nervous but after about 40 45 minutes Esthery emerges from the shop and like you see her she kind of comes out the front of the shop and she starts looking like up and down the street to see if she can see you but you're so good at blending in that she doesn't notice you right away
2: Anything look off?
0: You like slip up right next to her and say that, and there's like a startle as she's scared to death. It went out as well as you could expect. She uh, she takes uh, a gulp. She like she believes that I succeeded in my mission, but uh, not. She's not so amicable to coming out somewhere. She she asks if I can trust you guys. She wanted to know what you wanted with Mugland. She looks at you. She hands you a piece of paper that's folded over. She says, I got you a meeting. I worked my magic. Where right, where's this meeting? An old speakeasy down in Skyside, known as Steaming Kingdom.
3: Hey, that's the name of the chapter!
0: Takes a deep breath and says, Tomorrow, noon. Hi, noon. She'll meet you there. Your names are on the guest list. Uh, I, I, I didn't know your real names or what to put, so I just put... I just put Sharkosa's guests. I, I put it for four I don't know that work for you Was our business concluded
2: I think so good luck
0: she, she looks a little like taken aback and she kind of like looks at you and looks up the road like
2: that's it for real I, I'm free to go Al just keeps walking back into the crowd she watches you go
0: there's sort of like a sigh of relief and she takes a moment, and you see she looks back to the place where she just went, and she looks up the street. There's like a long, hard pause. And then you see she just instantly takes off in a sprint away from the gilded halls down the street, towards her home and towards whatever freedom. Something has spooked her. And, uh, yeah, you're free to return to the rest of your friends.
2: Make my way back straight away. Got all these... Be- old lab and come in I pass the letter over to Saru. It's this sort of um,
0: folded over stationery with like really fine like gold print and it reads like you know the steaming kingdom and there's like uh, there's actually not an address on it but I think she would have at least described to you enough how to know where to go. If anyone has underworld lore, or Alcantar lore, or something like that, you can feel free to do a recall knowledge of this check. I will say, without having to make a roll, Refecule. You know this name. It's actually a... It is a speakeasy, but the reason you know it is not so much that you've been there. It's just that the Steaming Kingdom is run by somebody who sort of muscled into Muglin's territory. So Muglin used to make a pretty good living off, off of providing, you know, safe, discreet, neutral meeting locations and bars for criminals. Steaming Kingdom sort of cropped up and it was run by someone who was named Vavelle Ramsley. Who is sort of made a small niche of providing upscale meeting establishments that she guarantees and, and basically provides guards for. So criminals can sort of make contacts, uh, make deals or converse in situations like this, where you might need a place to meet where both places feel safe. And so Muglin lost a lot of money once she got big and he has hated her ever since.
2: Demon kingdom, steaming kingdom. Honestly, I thought it meant something else,
1: but... Isn't that where... I think that's where Mugglen used to had his laundry sent to before? No, no, that's a steaming rack.
0: It didn't look like anybody else wanted to attempt any other knowledge checks. That's I mean,
3: fine. I feel like once Refuse starts talking, search so is just going to defer to him. Steaming kingdom.
1: I know the place. Bit of a... Tighty-tighty bar. On Skyside. Run by a woman. Ramsley. Heard her name cursed plenty of times coming from Mugman's mouth. Seems she, uh. hustled her way into some of his business, cost him some money. Maybe it was worse than what he let on if he can't even afford to pay the, uh, the bumblebees.
3: An interesting place for the man's fall. Know anything about it? Any secrets, things that could give us an edge?
1: Never really went there, seeing as, you know, they'd probably would have shot me on sight, being, you know, one of the kind of key players in Mugman's gang before.
3: Hmm. Perhaps the nth degree of scouting before we go walk into the belly of the bumblebee.
2: Yeah, take a look tonight. Let's go down
1: there and have a look around. It, uh, I mean, the business that she muscled into was kind of in this kind of work, in this kind of business, you have to have sacred ground. Right? A place where all parties feel safe that they can do business with enemies. Because at the end of the day, an enemy is an enemy, but gold is gold. So, business always trumps.
2: So what you mean is upstanding criminals like ourselves can go and have a meeting with other upstanding criminals without
1: prying ear or prying eye if we've got the coin i'd assume or an invitation by someone who's already an established member
3: they're gonna check our weapons
1: mm, i would like i said i've never been to the place is there any reputation
2: about this amongst the law enforcement officials in this place? If you want to make a, if you want to make a recall knowledge check on it, it would be
0: a, it would be you can attempt it. It would definitely be a harder DC than underworld lore, but you might be able to
1: come up with something.
3: I think when Ruffy starts drawing blanks, I, in fact, will roll underworld lore about it. <laughs> It's question based. You know,
0: the the information that Refuge like knows straight up might be a little one sided, I guess you could say.
3: Mm, So we're just gonna try to logic to fill in the blanks. What have I heard between here and there?
0: Saruk, you you've heard whispers of this place, although most people consider it to be too upscale. So most of the the people you make contact with and stuff are very much uh, smoke side people and not as much on the sky side. But the the thing is, is it's just like you, you cross the bridge in the sky side and it's like the first neighborhood. So it kind of is accessible enough for for the smoke side people that it can be a bit of a treat, I guess, to go. And the little bit you've heard is that absolutely there is 100 percent a weapon check at the door. They don't allow like people to bring in big big firearms anything deadly or dangerous right you're you have to check it before you're allowed in but the word on the street is that small arms and small concealable objects tend to be not so scrutinized so if you were to say bring in a concealable weapon it might not really even be checked by the guards.
3: The probability of me walking in there with a ballista strapped to me is low at best, but Sruk flicks his tusks. I'd like to see them pry these off. In the meantime, small arms we can hide will do.
0: Wow. On top of that, Lirian has had mentioned this place once or twice as a potential... A potential place where shield marshals might go to meet with underworld contacts or some sort of uh, informants. And so it has a fairly safe reputation of being very discreet and very private. So the reason they got the name the Steaming Kingdom is that it actually is like full on steam bath saunas and the whole place is very humid and they offer for the the non-discriminate conversation, you don't want people to listen in, they offer private bath rooms you can order and have access to for like an hour at a time to conduct your private meetings. And the loud hissing and the steam sort of is so loud there that people can't easily listen in on your conversations. So it's a good way to make sure that private conversations stay private. And generally speaking, in order to make sure that everyone is on the up and up. Clothing is not permitted within the bathhouse. So You heard a drunken tale or two of, you know, getting stripped down for the bathhouse and having meetings with, with contacts and CIs and stuff like that. Seems like Ramslade doesn't play one side or the other. A coin is coin in her world.
2: Yeah, well you know charco is going to have some kind of arms in there regardless if she's naked or not naked yeah it's like a sauna a bathhouse mineral water steam baths no clothes i mean i can how gestures to himself i can pretty much i'm pretty much covered from head to toe i mean in my hybrid form so well, hey, we look. We can look around and see if you know that's the case. Lyrian used to get uh, hopped up on some of this crazy stuff that he would confiscate, and well, you know, stories can be stories, but I believe him. I mean, shit, look where we are now.
1: I mean, you're kind of covered head to toe now, as I point to Hal's chest hair fluffing out out of the, out of the bottom of his tank up.
2: What happens is that your ears, too?
0: That Being said, if you guys are interested in scouting it out, Phil, we can we can head out and, and check
1: out the location.
3: Seems like a good idea. I think
1: uh, sometime before we go and do that, in either in the planning phase or sometime in the interim where all this has happened. Refy with some of the chalkies still left over. is going to bring a bottle of whatever liquor he finds in Gaddleby's house to Annie pour a drink for both of them and hand her a Chalky
4: thank you Ruffy.
1: my pleasure how you doing?
4: Mm, just a lot of guilt to be honest Um, we did invite him to this vacation saying that it would be a vacation but he ended up getting murdered I don't really know how to explain that to his lady. Then again, I don't think the lady particularly cares. It's Alkenstar. I'm this close to maybe throwing a beaker at Kosawanna though. He keeps looking at his stuff. It's not even his.
1: I kind of give a long look at Annie saying that it's something (laughs) is not Kosawanna's to take. But I don't say anything. Um, He's a bit of an ass, but I know... uh, I know before all this that you said that you were a bit... uh, I don't know if close is the right word with him, but...
4: Well, I mean, I, I... I looked up to him, he was a brilliant man. But... Did he deserve what happened to him? Don't think so. Does
1: anyone deserve what they get, good or bad?
4: Mm. I'd like to think so sometimes, like, whatever you whatever you sow, you reap. I've heard Saruk say that a couple times before. Well, I try to be good. Try.
1: You do more than try, Annie. Me, I think things just happen. Good or bad. Whether you're a good or bad person. Things just happen
4: So Mugland probably died during that meeting Would that just happen?
1: Sometimes people help things happen But uh I guess we won't know till that comes to it But You're a good person Annie
4: Oh shut it Raffy We know we've done not so good things
1: Working for Miko seems like years ago now, doesn't it?
4: It does. Mm, uh,
1: sure, we've had a a few walks on the wild side, but uh, nah. Coming from someone who's walked in the pitch black darkness, you're still good, Annie. Been thinking about what Saruk said, or And he's right, you know.
4: About what? He's really right about a lot of stuff.
1: He is. It's a bit annoying, actually.
4: He's still good sometimes. Hmm.
1: He's a good person. Halbrint's a good person.
4: Yes, that I agree with.
1: You're a good person. I'm not. The time we've spent together has been fun. It's been nice. That's not my life. That's yours. And I don't want my life to be yours.
4: What are you doing? Is this like, are you leaving or something? It's like you're breaking up with me. We're not even together.
1: You no, know, I don't think about people like that.
4: I know. I was just, I'm fibbing, Refi.
1: Pour us another drink You know how I know The difference between you and I Mm. You feel guilt About someone's death I feel anger About what's been done to me Mm. Dirk wants justice That's all good I don't give a damn about justice, about revenge.
4: I I have a question for you, though, Rafi. So, let's say hypothetic, hypothetically, you do get your revenge. What happens to you then? It's like, if that's your purpose, your entire life. What's going to happen once you fulfill it?
1: I don't know. Not the planning type. I'll leave that to you and Tusks.
4: I guess we'll cross the bridge when we get there.
1: No, I think it's we'll burn that bridge when we get to it.
4: You know what? That's right. Uh.
0: Anyway. Speaking of smash crossfade to you guys crossing the bridge in the sky side, right? Not burning it, but you're crossing it. Um assuming you guys were fine with moving on. Okay, so as we move on, we, we come across a sort of upscale area Sky so Skyside. It's like the first neighborhood across the bridge, you know, where you are, are cross, cross, keep your head down. You know, it's like late afternoon, probably like almost sun's going down. There's this alley that is actually much more well-kept than you might expect living in Smokeside, and um, you're looking down at like the embossed invitation and it's like it's got this gold sort of like puff of cloud that's all that has is like a moniker for it but it's referred to as the steaming kingdom and you were told how that you would find the entrance sort of down this alley down a small like dare kind of sub level and you would find a door marked and without too much hassle you're able to find you're standing at the top of the stairs, looking at the invitation, looking down. And there's this nice, ornate door, and it just has a, not gold, but a sort of embossed carving of a cloud that matches. Otherwise, you know, looking up and down the street, it looks empty. It doesn't look like draws a lot of attention, but it seems to be set here beneath the city of Skyset, the area of Skyside. I
2: think I want to scout around and see if there are any obvious lookouts, any back doors, front doors, top doors, bottom doors.
0: Yeah, why don't you go ahead and give me a secret perception check as you scout around?
3: Incidentally, I think Saruk is going to just bop around, talk to people, see what the scuttlebutt about the place is and see if there's anything he can't learn.
0: Yeah, Why don't you do some Gather information? Is that what it's called?
3: hmm
0: Yeah, you can do a gav- gather information check in the local area. You do a, a quick once-over of the area, how looking for any any other ways in, any, any secret interests, any guards, anything like that. You do spot, like, occasionally, there will be somebody that sort of walks past the alley and sort of... You, you see the gaze lingers a little bit, and you've seen the same person sort of come by like twice in the time that you were standing here. But they seem to be almost like a patrol of some sort, just making sure that nothing shady is going on. They don't stop. They don't like even if they see like you guys in the alley, they don't approach you. But there's some guard presence in the area that seems to be making sure that everything on the outside is like on the up and up. Other than that, the businesses right above it and right below it, there's like a cobbler shop where you can get like shoes like made very expensive shoes. By the way, there is a a lack of factories and a lack of production, but a lot of like businesses and stores. But just looking at the layouts and and around the fact that this is set like underneath this old sort of semi abandoned. It's not I don't want to say abandoned, but it's it's been in better days, I would say. Only about 20% of the shops are actually open and functioning. And none of them seem to be associated with it. Even if you like look in, it does seem to be the only entrance or exit out of this place you can find is this door. At least what you can see here on the street level and stuff like that. Saruk, as you ask around for anyone, you're specifically asking if anyone knows anything about the Steaming Kingdom. Mm -hmm. I would say you have a really hard time to the point you're almost ready to give up because even when you mention it people seem to have no idea what you're talking about and even like approaching people like the way you're dressed and look most people seem to think that you might be there to rob them and like avoid you guys you got the weapons you got the armor they kind of take the long way across the street but when you engage them they're very like they answer you almost out of like fear more than like genuine conversation but most people have no idea like what you're talking about and you genuinely get the impression it's not that well known around here but there is one person when you ask they sort of like like their eyebrow goes up and they kind of like look around and they're like yeah you seem like the type but uh what is it you're trying to learn about what is it you'd like to know
3: i think hmm. The most helpful thing. Who's on guard duty or on door duty tomorrow at noon? And what is the easiest way to bribe them?
0: In terms of specifics about who the guard is, they don't really have that information. But essentially, when you start talking about bribes, absolutely, they do relay the information that the guards can be bribed at a place like this, it would take no less than, anything less than 50 gold would be an insult as a bribe, this place. Then you see that, that number might give you pause and then you look around and realize you're in Skyside and the people here are very wealthy. You can't get in, like, essentially, you can't get in unless you're on a guest list, unless you're willing to bribe the guards. Or you already have a standing reservation. You know, he knows the proper channels to set an invitation, but you know, you have to know someone who knows someone who introduces you to the to Ram's Lay to even start that process.
3: And he could do that?
0: He is willing to be that person to you if the price is right. Gotcha. He'd want to know what your business is and maybe
3: so I think flipping through all of the things that I have. Where Saruk lands is. I want to Taps' Giselle produces the letter. We're esteemed guests. We are esteemed guests here then taps his badge. Are held to a moral code that says we aren't going to shoot first. But we've had a bad, bad history in Alkansar, So I think you can understand how jumpy we are. But also that we aren't going to start shit. We just like to have our weapons on us when we go in, you know, personal safety and all.
0: You're free to wear your armor. They never turn people away in armor, although you might get some strange looks in there. What are you into anyways, kid?
3: Don't worry about it. You think if I bribe the guy at the door, that'll be enough to get me and mine in with our stuff?
0: I'd say it's possible, but... Let's say, let's say you bribe the guards, right, kid? You pay 50, bu- 50 gold, he lets you bring in that... He, like, looks around the back of you with a giant, like, backpack ballista, like... Let's say you get that through the front door, what are you gonna do when Ramplay sees you? He's... Not apt to let that something that gigantic slide, then you run the risk of not only bringing attention to yourself, but attention to the sponsor or whoever invited you as a guest and looks bad on them. Look, I, I get that you're worried. There's a reason people pay top dollar. I've been coming here for years. The worst I've seen is a couple of knifings. It'll we'll be
3: fine. Fine. And sort of turns and walks back to the group
0: now if you want to bring that in any points that you know, like Giselle just like wear a trench coat tuck it underneath pay the 50 gold you'll be fine good enough while that's going on too, Hal, I think um, with the role you had I know you can't see your results but I think you do find something a little interesting as you kind of look around which is to say in the nearby sewers not far from where this is There is a sort of broken pipe that is like, there's like a bunch of like steam, like hot steam, even to the touch, it like burns your hand if you touch it. It's got this sort of like emergency hatch trap door. And knowing that you're going to a place called the Steaming Kingdom and seeing that this pipe seems to carry this like steam somewhere to it and like head in that direction, you do get the impression that just maybe these steam pipes might lead right underneath the establishment itself. But it also looks very uncomfortable and probably painful to be inside of a steam pipe.
2: What did you learn, Srook?
3: How much. If we bribe the people at the door, we can get in Taps' Giselle. Other than that, fuck all, basically. Okay. How much? 50. I was gonna... Grabs the eon stone that's floating around his head. This should cover most of it. I assume that's 50 per.
2: He'll hand Saruk a giant stack of gold. That should cover us. You're good, man. And he'll nod to the guy walking by and kind of give him a tip of his hat and hold his eyes for a little while and say, you know, look back to Saruk and nod in that person's direction. A couple lookouts, steam pipes down in the sewer. Probably lead back to the stinging kingdom, but I mean, it'd be uncomfortable for you to climb in there.
3: Yeah. Warm and incredibly claustrophobic. I, maybe it's a getaway worst case scenario, but good idea.
2: I think the bribing is our best bet. Literally.
3: <laughs> we should get some shut eye done. It's going to be a very, very eventful lunch tomorrow.
0: So also, just to be clear, right, if you guys wanted to go in now and scout it out in advance, it would definitely take a bribe of 50 gold. Tomorrow, when you've been invited here and you're supposedly on the guest list, it won't cost you anything if you show up. So the goal, the bribe is really only a getting your weapons through the door that without much scrutiny or B, you want to come in, you're not on the list, set the guard 50 gold and they just probably will admit you right then and there. But um, yeah, if you guys would want to just sort of crossfade to going to sleep for the night, waking up and coming back at the proper meeting time, that's fine, too. It's up to you guys. I
3: think so, Rukes, yeah.
0: Well, this is a good this is a good story beat for you guys to buy anything that you guys the characters have been waiting to buy and items and stuff so like narratively this is when the characters are off doing all their last minute preps let's go to break and we'll come back from break and it'll be high noon and we'll go see the stevie
1: sound like a plane yes I was just saying I demand a two session shopping episode
3: now let me tell you about this gun that is stuck to my shield all these smokesticks that I bought unironically
0: <laughs> so uh, while we're at break while we're about to go to break let's take some time to support us at Recall Knowledge head on over to Knowledge. give us a follow, give us a subscribe Amazon Prime Stubs, the whole nine works pop them in the chat, we love those uh, also subscribe at youtube.com catch up on all the past shows get notified of future shows including things like GM Prep and uh, Foundry Tips uh, we'll be back in about 10 minutes with some more Outlaws of Falcon Star. Don't go anywhere. And uh, we'll miss you.
4: <laughs> but.
0: Welcome back from the break. We return to the next day and we find ourselves returning. whole day has passed and our outlaws have returned. Invitation in hand. Standing before the door.
3: Well, I suppose Saruk will knock.
0: You kinda have to go down the like the staircase that leads down a little bit. It's not huge, but it's a little stoop. You kinda go down and you bang and you can hear the heavy like iron security door bang on the knock. And then there's two sort of slits that open. One is about three feet off the ground, and the little slit like opens right around your kneecap, Saruk. And then the second slit opens and it's about like five feet tall, so it's like mid-chest for you. And there's like an eyeball that appears in the at your knee, an eyeball that appears like at your chest and then sort of like looks up and like tries to peer up to see who you are.
3: Circle, take a knee to be eye level to the chest high, I want to suppose. To the chest high wall. I'll take a knee, flash the invitation. We are esteemed guests. Yeah, he's
0: looking at you and he doesn't recognize you. You say "You're guests like name.
3: We're guests of Charcosa.
0: You hear like, like paper, like flipping as he's like looking at his like bouncer list of who's coming for the day. How many? Four. And a robot.
3: And a robot.
0: Four and a half. Mm. They're good. Stand back, sir. Mm. And then the like, the like two like eye holes, like slide closed. And there's a moment that passes. And then you hear like the rumbling of like gears, like in the walls, like cranking and the door sort of opens outwards towards you, and you find yourself looking at a sort of small hallway entrance that kind of comes in off the street, and there is a sort of... The same guard you were just talking to is standing there, and there's almost like a second guard working like a coat check sort of thing. So I'm assuming Saru's probably the first one in, and he kind of steps up, and he just says, you know the the rules, no... No weapons. Hand him over.
3: There is suddenly 200 gold in his hand. Don't worry about it.
0: Looks at the gold, looks at you, looks back at the guard in the the casing.
3: Keeps walking.
0: Yep. Like, just kind of, like, whistles and, like, looks off to the side. So the four of you step into the main entryway, and this is a very... Upscale looking place, immediately you're hit with the uncomfortable humidity of being layered in like the armor that you guys are wearing. And it feels like a sauna even out here. The roof of this place is, it's like, you know, it's maybe like seven feet tall. So Saruk's like pushing the top, but it's enough space for Saruk to at least stand fully. But near the top, you see a mishmash of like steam vents and actually a collection of clouds that gather. Up at the top, that almost makes it look like there's like a storm clouds gathering in here, the thick, heavy, humid space. And there's dim lights and candles everywhere. But right when you guys walk in, there's two very bright lights that sort of bathe you in light so that as you walk into the room, everyone in the place can kind of glance up and get a good look at you coming into the place. And they see you walking in very obviously fully armed, and, like, immediately, all of them, like, kind of stop. Most people don't want to, like, make eye contact with you. But, yeah, you step into the, the bar. So, Rick, you're, you're the first one to come through. You look around. It looks pretty big here. There's, there's this main sort of common area that you're stepping into. But the bar itself kind of looks like it wraps around. There's, like, a bar tender and it's a bar right in the center. And it sort of wraps around with multiple, like, walls and corners and places that you might be able to like set up and and do business, and around you are plenty of other patrons just kind of sitting, having whisper conversations, and minding their own business.
3: So we're just going to walk straight to the bar as we're doing, so I'm going to throw a perception check. Does anyone look like if shit goes sideways, they might be on the other team's side by chance?
0: Yeah, why don't you give me a... Perception check, secret perception check, if you will.
3: At the moment, I have two leads. Charcosa is one of them and Mugland is the other. So whatever that is, is what that is.
0: Glancing about the immediate area, I I would say the first thing you notice is while there is very clearly a no weapons policy here at the Steaming Kingdom, you detect just enough of like sort of concealed bulges in about at least half the people's pants here <laughs> not the kind you may be thinking but the kind that indicates that they might be hiding a firearm or a more often than not a small dagger on their on their persons it seems like most people don't don't actually come into this place completely unarmed they just are armed in a much more discreet manner
2: I said me
1: <laughs> hello there friend is yes. that a coat pistol or are you just happy to see me he he, like raises his
0: eyebrows he says why don't you sit over here and find out i said (laughs) do you check to see if he's happy to see you or if it's (laughs) because it's a little bit of both (laughs) he is he is you know intrigued and he, he if you really do chat with him he he's just like i think i know you you're uh you're the demon of smoke side, aren't you?
1: In another life, maybe. What time of day is it, by the way, GM? High noon. High,
4: High noon.
1: noon. I order whiskey then.
0: You go to order a whisker, this guy is, It will order the whiskey f- for you. He sends over for like a shot of whiskey and uh, puts it on his tab. They bring you out a nice uh, shot of whiskey to your table. Thank you, friend. So uh, you're selling services, or are you business or pleasure? I guess. Their difference. Most of us, I would hope. They say you've got the fastest gun in the West. They say. Mind seeing it firsthand, and he scoots over a little closer to you.
1: Sorry, friend. Uh, I'm already booked. And if you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> and I down the whiskey, give him thanks again, and walk to my friends. As you're going,
0: he says, you haven't seen my pocketbook. I think that the thing the, to really take away from this is you've got yourself a bit of a reputation amongst the underworld, Refecule, and there are people here that recognize you.
3: Raise your hands if you're shocked about that.
1: Well, I am go. I am out in the open now. Yeah, mostly by reputation more than anything. Horns out, eye uncovered, so.
0: Sarukma, uh, they there's definitely people packing heat and mostly daggers. There's a few guns that you see. The bartender, not so subtly, keeps like a shotgun like under the the bar top, just kind of secured in there. Which is looks like it's easy within his reach. He doesn't look like he moves far away from it at all times, so he's pretty much ready to go. There are plenty of guards that sort of patrol the area, but as your 50 gold has been sort of spread amongst the guards themselves, they all just sort of casually turn their eyes and don't stop you guys or half of you guys for carrying all of your weapons and armor. Otherwise you don't see anyone that immediately jumps out as a gilded gunner or anything of that nature. Pretty much every single person pings in here as a shady character.
3: So I'll just beeline to the bar. You in charge at the barkeep.
0: I'm holding the bar down today. And I offer you some of our world famous Alcanstar ice wine
3: on the way out. We're a guest of Charcosa. Charcosa. Sir nods.
0: Looks around, he nods, he's like, he nods at like an empty table in the back corner and he says, Why don't you make yourselves at home and I'll see if he's ready for you.
3: Very well. Nods and starts walking over that way.
0: You've set up at a little table and it's near a corner of the bar that has a stage on it. Now, right now there's nobody performing, but there's very clearly like an open Mike Nike style stage here in the corner where people could theoretically perform.
3: I feel like ambient noise level in this place is loud, yes?
0: The The interesting thing is the, the constant hissing and of steam really muffles, like... You could easily see people's lips moving and stuff, but yeah, sound-wise, it's hard. It's it's easy to lean over and have a conversation that's muffled with the ambient noise, for sure. But it's mostly steam noises.
3: So Serk is just going to sit down like whichever chair has clear line of sight to every entrance. Well, I guess there's just the one, huh? That one entrance and or exit.
2: I was going to sit in the corner with his back towards the wall facing the door.
3: Incidentally, as we get to this table, is there anything suspicious? Anything feel unsafe before I sit down?
0: I mean, rolling off your earlier perception check, not so much despite the fact of like your worries about you know going into a place like this and maybe feeling like you might be assaulted at any point it does seem the demeanor the vibe in this place is surprisingly mellow in fact the only thing that seems to be causing any sort of unease or danger in this place is you guys fully armed sitting down in the middle of a Treaty free zone where people are supposed to come and be safe. But yeah, like you're drawing a lot of attention by being fully armored. Like you guys look like you're here for war, and that's like people <laughs> that when you go sit at the table, some of the people that are sitting at tables near you just pick up their stuff and move to the other side of the bar. Like you guys are the bad element in this bar.
3: It's very wise for them.
0: Oh, so you guys take. You guys can take a seat, and you guys have a minute to sort of. And you see the bartender. He sends you over that way. And once he sees where you've gone, he sort of whispers to someone like a little guard that kind of comes by and they kind of like walk back and disappear into like the back room.
4: Uh, sir, Uh Do you still want us to be out of sight from a Glendale?
3: I feel like that ship has sailed hard glances on. Is there anywhere people could hide near? Or we vary in the open.
0: There's not a lot of cover here. There's you could easily split up and sit in different places if you want but the four of you are both, you guys are all fully armed and armored to the teeth. You guys are going to stand out here. How might be able to slink into the shadows pretty easily because it's its fairly dim once you get past the bright lights that kind of bathe you as you step into this place. Beyond that, it's all dim lit. You know, how might be able to easier hide in the shadows because that's kind of his thing. You'd tell me how you guys would want to be positioned if sitting
2: together is not quite your thing. Probably tell Saruk. I'll be uh in the nearest corner, you need me.
3: Very good. You two let me do the talking. We don't shoot first.
4: Or so stay with me.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably about that time Refi would have been walking over from his conversation and joining. Relax a bit, Tusks. You seem a bit on edge.
3: Only a little pulls out a potion and starts fumbling with it.
1: The only people who have to worry in here are people who cause trouble and cops. Which I guess you're kind of both. So, but, besides the point, as I said, places like these are a bit sacred for business. It's bad business when you can't have conversations that keep the coin flowing. So... I don't anticipate any trouble happening here, at least
3: tonight. You realize it's noon, right?
1: Take take another shot of whiskey. Whatever. Tonight, today, time is a weird soup. Relax a bit. You're putting everyone on edge.
3: Yeah, you're not wrong. Rolls shoulders, leans back. In a chair that's probably way too goddamn small for him. (laughs) And, And waits.
0: There's not too much waiting that has to happen. It's not too much longer before before you end up seeing the guard sort of comes out to the bartender and hands him something, and the bartender sort of puts like gets a little tray and puts the thing that he's given on the tray, kind of comes around the side of the bar and walks right to where your table is, then nods at you and puts a folded sort of reservation card like right on the table where you are and then sort of moves away you you see that it's basically a ticket slash reservation slash letting you know that your bath is ready mm. and inside it's just hand signed by sabora charcosa and it just says strip down let's talk
3: there is a 0% chance I am stripping down. I'll clean my armor later, picks up, starts walking towards wherever that is.
0: Yeah, so it'd be the the, the entrance to the bathhouse area is sort of this way, so Saruk would sort of be walking this way. Are you heading in by yourself for this meeting?
3: I think when we get up, I'll motion to everybody else. Stay outside the door. If it goes sideways, bring the heat. Okay.
2: Is it dark, dim, in the area he goes to? Yeah, I mean, it looks like it. I think I will try to slink his way along with Saruk and be closer.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, so Saruk has to kind of come to this door where he presents the card, and they open the door and let him into the sort of the pre-bath house changing rooms. So Saruk kind of goes in, and you'd like to sort of stealth in and slink behind. Yeah. Okay. Because you do have the fees that let you sort of hide as long as it's dim light and blend in with all that. So and give go ahead and give me your uh secret stealth check. And Saruk, as you as you enter in, the guard sort of hands you like a sort of stack of towels and motions to one of the two changing rooms right here on the north end of the room and just says, If you'd be so kind, sir, as to change before entering the bathhouse.
3: I'll take my armor off when I get in. It's awkward old war wound you understand taps his shoulder
0: she's like uh, I'm sorry that's not you're not allowed armed into
3: bathhouse we can't make an exception reaches into his pocket withdraws the uh, clear quartz octagon passes it over to her
0: Uh, give me a a diplomacy check already bribe it kind of is
3: a bribery bonus
0: but uh it's definitely like a make a request
3: mm-hmm. okay i think when we're going in when the door opens that's when Saruk is going to down the moderate silver tongue mutagen that he bought going into this And let me do the thing. Do the thing. Okay, 32.
0: They take the the octagon quartz from you? Of course, sir. It's kind of bulky, but they take it into their possession and, like, kind of put it in their little desk. And then says, you know, she's waiting for you in the first room, but in, in private bath A, just know. Any bloodshed will be not tolerated. You understand?
3: I do. Taps the badge. And whichever one A is, Saruk starts walking towards it.
0: The whole time this has happened, Hal, you've managed to sneak into the room. You're unnoticed by both Saruk and the guards. You're watching this. Neither one's aware of your presence in the room.
3: Am I standing at A?
0: up here and she like lets you into the hallway and she motions you to the last door on the end
1: I was gonna say as, as you walk in and you tap your badge you just see Reficult like oh.
0: <laughs> Down the, the door's closing as he's tapping the badge yeah the Bath A is at the far end so you can move to the end of the hallway Al sort of follows you ever so stealthily and yeah there's like Bath House A and it's it's listed right here
3: I'm going to knock, 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 and then open.
0: In this bathhouse, you see a sort of room that has a small, like, landing spot as you come in with, like, vents in the floor for, like, water that might spill over the edge. And then it descends in a sort of staircase down into a pool of water that looks to be about four feet deep. On the far end of the wall, there's sort of a large bath nozzle-style thing that's just constantly pumping water that has like steam that rises off it and you've entered into a nice luxurious hot sauna of a bath and as you open the door fully armed fully armored giant backpack you see a woman who is sort of casually sitting back in the bathtub I will go ahead and share at least her artwork that we are shared. She doesn't look like this in this state, but this is Sabara Starkosa. In this state, you find her lounging in the bath, steam covering the good bits that you, you know, it's, it's a kid's show. So it's like that nice anime steam <laughs> that just floats at the right places. But as she sits here, you see a sort of very toned, very fit body that is covered in Battle Scars. Lots of signs of battle scars here. And the most defining feature as she's sitting here in the buff is that she has a sort of solid gold-plated nipple ring slash cover that sort of gives her a little bit of modesty, but it's very obvious. Even here, even naked, this lady loves gold, and she's wearing gold here in the Steam House. And as you sort of enter like this, she immediately jumps to her feet and stands up and just narrows her eyes that you would come here and threaten her like this.
3: I'm just going to slowly raise my hands. Don't worry. I've been bitten one too many times and I don't mean you harm unless you do. Plus, take the gun away. You can't exactly take away what nature gave me. Flicks the tusks, steps in. Now are we going to do business or are you going to think you're about to die?
0: Well, I was under the impression that we were dealing with professionals, not amateurs.
3: Professionals don't want to get shot when they walk into a room by themselves.
0: That's why I spared no expense in this
3: location. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's cut to the quick, shall we? You have Mugland. Mugland has been a thorn in the side of myself and mine for entirely too long. He's crossed you in some way. We'd like him. We can make sure when we get him, he'll pay you. One way or another. Can we work something out?
0: She laughs at the audacity of the situation. Just like that. Dude, don't even buy me a drink. Have the courtesy to talk to me. Learn what I want, what I'm all about. All business with you, is it?
3: I mean, you just said we were here for business. But if there's something you want, go ahead. I'm all ears.
0: Well, let's start with respect. I went through. I didn't have to come here. I had no reason to trust you. And yet. My associate went out on a limb to. Tell me that you were serious people. And yet. You show up. Like this.
3: Your associate who tried to kill us. I'm a serious person, but I'm not a stupid person. But if you want respect, how should I address you? The bow is genuine.
0: You start by leaving all of your weapons outside.
3: I think not. Mouse hovering over diplomacy.
0: She definitely has an unfriendly disposition towards you now. I think it started neutral. It shifted to unfriendly with how you came in. But you have the right to make a a diplomacy check here to see if you can adjust her feelings to you. And maybe maybe there is a bit of chance to show respect to your bold play. This is going to be make, I guess it's make an impression. This would be make an impression.
3: I'm just going to look over at the chat, see if there are any hero points floating around. No. OK, that's fine.
0: I mean, you start with one. You haven't used it yet, right?
3: Thirty-seven.
0: Wow, that's actually not bad. I think she gets out and she, she comes. She's she comes out of the bath, right? And she kind of stands, and you're like standing right near the door. And she sort of steps up towards you, um, out of the water, you know, dripping off of her. And she has she's not tall, right? She's toned. She's definitely fit, but she's not nearly anything in your stature. And she looks up. You can see that there's just the slightest grin that she tries very hard to hide but she cannot help but let it be just a little visible you know i'm not used to people telling me i can't have my way
3: and i'm not used to being in a city where i'm going to be threatened constantly now bye business What do you want?
0: I'll hear you out. He sort of steps back into the water and relaxes just a bit. So again, how about we start with names? Yours is?
3: My name is Saruk. Your associate didn't tell you?
0: I prefer to hear from people directly. People and names are so fleeting, don't you think?
3: I don't understand what you mean.
0: You tell me your name's Saruk, you might tell somebody else your name is something else. Until you stare a man in his eyes, you can't really know the truth of their soul, can you?
3: So what's the truth of yours, then?
0: The truth is, Mugglin is not mine to give up. Not yet. Puts up a finger. It is true that he is in our possession, but he is under contract with me right now.
3: Do you have the contract with you? I imagine looks around the room, glances her up and down. No,
0: my word is my contract. I know it might not be what you're used to in Alcanstar. People who don't honor their word. But when I make a deal. I intend to see it through. She stares at you very seriously and like. Putting an exclamation point with her eyes.
3: So what are its terms, then? And when it's done, you're done with him? Even though he can't pay you?
0: You know everything, don't you? I know enough. Tell me, Saruk, what is my business with Mugland? What is it he and I are doing together?
3: Let's see. He hired you to send a bunch of well-trained killers to kill, let's see, myself, my associates, people who have the easiest to come upon formula and all of Alcon. Am I missing anything?
0: Well, number one, I never intended you or your friends death. That's just a straight falsity. Sure, we might have sent a message to you, but we were never in. Told to kill you.
3: Yeah, those bullets were coming for places that kill people if they hit them. Don't bullshit me.
0: If I wanted you dead, you would have been dead.
3: I doubt that. You might have tried.
0: <laughs> so you think, what, you come here and you make demands and I, I fold. Oh no, big strong man gets what he wants.
3: No. I think I've come here to do business. I'm not making demands. Simply making you an offer. You don't want to lose more people when we show up for him. You don't want to lose more people when they're sent out to go do this man's bidding, and then we're there, and then bullets are exchanged, and here we are, and here they're not. In the long term, this is much more profitable for you. And again, the man can't pay you, no?
0: Alas, Saruk, we finally finally get to the crux of the issue and something we can both agree on. There's bloodshed between us on both sides. Unnecessary bloodshed, right? I would say so. So I think you and I want the same thing, and that is a peaceful solution to our situation.
3: And how do we achieve that?
0: First, I honor my contract with Mugland. Maybe you don't understand keeping your word, but our word means something in these streets. Then, when I'm done with Mugland, we can talk.
3: About what? Me hiring you to take him down? After you're done with him, how do you play into this?
0: If Mugland fulfills his end of the contract, and he's a free man. I have no reason to hand him over to you. But in the case that he's not able to uphold what he's promised, maybe you can settle the debt and he's yours.
3: You've said the contract several times, but you haven't given me terms. I have vague It's not guesses.
0: your business. You stay out of my business.
3: no. Tell me now. How can I help you if you're just going to be vague? I can't. You're more intelligent than that. I can see it on your face. That's how you got where you are, no? With more brain power than the average ruffian in this piece of shit town. Do you want to do business or do you want to insult me?
0: Long pause as she seriously weighs her options here. Well, seeing as you've come here armed to the teeth... To threaten me, I guess I have no option.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure you have something in here that could do me grievous harm if this went sideways for you. Again, you're not stupid.
0: Apparently I am for taking this meeting with you. She sneers at you.
3: Sure you are. Do you want to do business or not?
0: No, I don't.
3: Fine. Fine. Let me make it a little sweeter for you, then. Zerg so reaches down to his hand and begins fumbling with a ring. Turns it, turns it, turns it. Snaps. The ring, not unlike a like an old Transformer toy from the 90s, begins unfolding, 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 and then rapidly turns into a clockwork spy. Gimbatul, playback recording. The little guy begins buzzing, the the red ocular lens fires on. You can ride in my helmet, little finder. Nice and safe and secret. Sir pushes open the door to where the prisoner's like impromptu holding cell is. Right, you're a very guilty woman. You know it, I know it. I, no, 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 no. I've heard more than enough from you. Nothing you can say will ever bring back Vashon Gattleby, one of the brightest minds in Alkenstar, or the ship's engineer, or its co-pilot, or that Huntress. Do you know she was a shield marshal who'd retired with honors?
0: Like a gulp, but no, you just hear the gulp, but no words.
3: Four people dead. En route to a fifth, and that's not including you tying up the captain, planning to steal the ship, or trying to kill myself or my colleagues.
0: As if anyone would bat an eye if a band of outlaws got filled up with lead. That's just a toily day. toil day.
3: Perhaps, but I do think that the powers that be would be quite upset to know you've killed one of their own. Tribalism is a hell of a motivating factor.
0: What, you're just going to waltz over to the nearest shield marshal with the bounty you have on your head and tell him all of this? How exactly do you think that ends for all of you?
3: No, no, I will not, but that's not what concerns me right now. What concerns me is, well, you. You see, you've you've done a lot of very bad things. And it's incredibly likely that you and I are going to come to blows at some point in the future, even if it's not by the hands of me or mine. Your line of work is incredibly dangerous. But, you know, I I understand why you choose it. Alkenstar doesn't exactly look out for its people, and sometimes it forces people to make bad decisions, to make ends meet, to say nothing of getting ahead in the world. It's only a matter of time, though, before your line of work puts your soul before Phrasma to be judged. You're a murderer. Murderers tend to spend eternity shackled to some fiendish power or, like, more likely than not, that fiendish power's next meal. But it's fortunate for you. I can provide divine intercession. Kijak! you see
0: in the scene an emerald jaguar manifests as true side
3: I am a servant of mother jaguar through her I provide security and safety to the communities that I find myself in confess your sins before her servants make amends and when your time comes you might receive a greater reward than so many who have come and gone before you
0: Esthery who's sitting there looking panicked looking side to side you know the corpse of her dead brother nearby stuck on this ship forced into this terrible position and she swallows but says nothing
3: did you kill desin Drake and Geben of the Second Kiss, Dashon Gattleby and Shield Marshal Celessa Tereda on the orders of the Gilded Gunners
0: there's a long pause as she considers her words carefully. The sounds of the airship filling the space. The engines whirring outside, keeping the second kiss afloat. The gears click clack. Click clack. And almost a mere whisper. Yes. Yes I did.
3: Very good. Now make sure we get a chance to talk to your boss and you're well on your way. Sir turns, leaves the room. Kijak snap disappears in a burst of smoke. Gimbatul, end recording. Then back to the present. Saruk snaps the clockwork spy Polymorphs back down into a ring. I don't think any of those people were involved in your contract, which is mysterious, and you won't fucking tell me what it is. I also think if that landed on the desk of every shield marshal in Alkansar, regardless of how corrupt the law is in this place, the collateral damage is looking really, really bad for you. But I can help you, too. I just want the bastard that wants me and my friends dead. Make a choice.
0: So Rook, if you will, please give me a coercion check. Rook has gone to the evil side. Oh, no, Dun
3: am done, So that's I feel like I have to roll intimidate to do that.
0: Definitely a course more than it is a... Uh, uh, we're, we're past the niceties. We are into the do what I say because I say it. So it would be an intimidation check. And with the recording, you can take...
3: Status bonus? It's the only bonus I don't have on this.
0: You have an item? Bo- oh, you already have an item bonus, huh?
3: The Yeah.
0: I don't think it's a status bonus. I think it would probably just definitely be a circumstance bonus. So if you have... You can take a plus two circumcised bonus if you don't already have at least a plus two, it'd be a little better,
3: I think. Nice. I will take it. Let me just put in all the things and turn off all the other things. All right, I got to wear my clothes in the bathhouse. Can I stick this one?
0: That's a pretty good roll. It was on a four and it hovered back. Mm -hmm. She looks at the recording, she looks at you. And you see a sense of... Her face drops a little bit. Her shoulders slump.
3: Give me Mugland, and I will happily delete that. And we'll go our separate ways, and we'll continue to do our business as happy individuals who never heard of each other. But you have forced my hand.
0: Fine. Mugland... For the recording. I agree. I don't suppose I could convince you to. Give me 24 hours to put my affairs in order.
3: Something tells me put your affairs in order is dangerous for me and mine. How's about right now?
0: As you wish, master.
3: Don't ever call me that. Saruk is fine.
0: Shoulders her way past you um, to wrap her towel around herself. Like, you know, steps out as long as you don't physically stop her. No, nope, yeah, no. Of the bathhouse.
3: I'll follow behind.
0: Oh, how you're missing in the hall outside this slinking in the shadows. You've heard this whole thing go down now. Make a perception check for me, Hal, because it is very loud and there's a lot of steam. It's very hard to hear from outside in. So I want to know how much Hal really picked up, how much was lost to the noise. Never really closed the door, right? Saruki just kind of left it open.
4: Hal
2: mm-hmm. would have used his shadow to keep it propped open, even though if it was to close, I can use my shadow to just to shadow foot in the door.
0: Given that and with the role you made, I think Howl picked up a good 90 95% of what's going on. You didn't miss any of the fine details. You understand that Saruk has coerced this person, forced her hand, you know, broken the code of the outlaws, broken all norms and traditions of this place and the sanctity of what it means and has the secret recording that he's using to leverage Charcosa into doing what he wants. How would Hal react to hearing that?
2: I think he'd probably just file it away to circumstance. He knew that she could have very easily said, Muglin's part of this deal is X and struck a deal. I don't think he gives two dimes to anybody in the city who threatened his new pack so Sarcosa
0: storms out wrapped in a towel into like the area where the guard is there guard kind of sheepishly won't make eye contact and Sharcosa uh, is just sort of like place place is done as she says very matter of factly to the guard immediately begins to panic and she steps into one of the changing rooms where her clothes is waiting for her and attempts to close the door.
3: When she opens the door, Struke's gonna go behind her. Does there look like there's anything in the changing room that might be harmful or might let her get away or...
0: Why don't you give me a seek action? Give me a, a good once over of the room. She goes to go in there and you stop her and you like stick your head in. And she's like in a huff and she's like rolling her eyes. 28. It looks nothing more than just like a changing closet.
3: Just steps out of the way. Hands up. Don't mind me.
0: Yeah, she closes the door and you're sort of like getting changed and and dressed in there. I mean, a minute or so passes, the door opens and she steps out, you know, fully dressed, clothes on. But she's making a very big show of letting you see the the sort of dueling pistol that she's sort of concealed into here. She's no longer concealing it. She's wearing it openly on her hip, not making an aggressive motion of it. It's just a statement of like, yeah, I'm armed, too.
3: Sir nods, tips his helmet.
0: Like in a huff, sort of like storms out. She's like, shall we go?
3: Yes, yes, I think we shall. After you, miss.
0: As she steps out into the room, she starts raising her voice and making a scene as much as she can, drawing the attention. Just constantly, like, establishment is done. How dare you let someone like this into here? Just, like, going full Karen mode, like, I want to speak to the manager sort of thing.
3: And Saruk is walking behind, just hands up, like the service industry manager who has to deal with the Karen as the Karen is being escorted out.
0: And as as like you escort past the, the like table where Refucule's like sitting there trying to like you know go nondescript Charcosa like sort of sees Refucule like as he's like pushed as she's pushed past by Saruk, she just says, Gotta say I like your old daddy better as he like shoves shoved past you. <laughs> there is a ruckus sort of being raised and people the guards are starting to come around Uh, come out like sir sir you're not allowed to kidnap people in our establishment
3: can i i hit no cause for alarm for the meme but now i feel like it might be relevant to roll it
0: (laughs) it might be relevant at this point because it seems like the guards here are are like you know you're very clearly kidnapping this woman in a way like you're forcing her out of this place against her will in a safe spot and your bribe only goes so far but you're absolutely able to do a no cause for alarm
3: here all right, this is against the will DC of the average guard. Surely that's very low, right? Right?
0: Wow, look at that roll. Uh, Thirty-seven. You are able to like very easily like make them all like stand down. Yeah, you get to the front door. All the guards—they look like they all want to stop you, but like you're doing the like cop thing and like talking them down just enough to cause doubt. Yeah, you're able to take Charcosa all the way out, like essentially the front door of the establishment. So my question is seeing this unfold, Saruk kind of comes out. He's got very obviously like guiding her out, being forceful about it, telling the guards to stand down. What are the rest of you doing or reacting to this situation?
3: When she makes the daddy comment, uh, Saruk is going to lock eyes with Ruffy and just like, there's a meaningful shake of the head. No, then keeps walking.
4: Oh, should we follow? What's, I'm not sure. Is that Sharkoza?
1: I mean, pretty sure that was her. I mean, does no, don't follow him, no, don't stay? Bit confused.
4: I don't want to leave him alone. Where's Habrant? Habrant?
1: I don't know. This every, every time we step into the shadows, I can't bloody find the guy.
4: I'm, to look, I'm so confused right now. But yes, uh, I'll wait for Habrant. Maybe you can follow Saruk. We, we, we can't leave him alone.
1: That means we don't get to take a bath.
4: No, Ravi, I don't think so.
2: When was the last time you had a bath?
4: <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> Jesus! Oh, good lord! All right, all right. Uh, Saruks uh, already over there. Let's follow him. We fall I follow Saruk with Weiber. I
0: Assuming mean, nothing else happens, like. The door opens, and then Tsuruki finds you and Sarcosa standing in the alley in Skyside. And she, like, kind of stops and gives you, like, a long, hard look and says, Just gotta know, how do you see this playing out in the end?
3: Me? Well, we go to your place. You give us Mugland. I'll delete... No point in lying now. I'll delete the recording. And I really will, if he has debts when the man's estate is liquidated, you'll get your pound of flesh.
0: Oh, believe me, Saruk, I will be getting my pound of flesh. Yeah? This is over. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but this isn't going to go unanswered.
3: I'm sure it's not.
0: I suppose, like you said, there's no point in lying, so... I assume I should give my men the all clear signal to let them know that we're all good here.
3: Absolutely. I mean you no harm unless you mean me harm.
0: My reputation surely harmed from this through. She raises her hand and sort of gives like uh, a wave and within a few minutes like there's like a a whole like group of like four of her like associates kind of that have been meandering around the place, sort of step in and fall in line, like really obviously confused in the situation. But no one's making any aggressive moves at the moment.
3: Tip my helmet at them, shall we? Then,
0: shall we? And she begins the long trudge across the city back to they call the Gilded Halls. I-, I think, unless there's something like anything anyone wants to say or do in this tense situation. Your characters haven't really had much of a chance to react yet so i'll give you guys a moment
1: as we're walking out you just hear refi turn to Hal. of course i bathe Hal. gee what do you think i am a barbarian i'm just saying i was looking forward to using the steam baths there they're a bit you know got a bit of a reputation as being quite nice and uh you know with toss flash in his badge every five seconds I don't think I have the reputation, I don't think my reputation is going to survive be able to go back
3: it will, don't worry about it also, don't listen to a word that woman says I don't I'm not Mugland, we're friends we're partners, all of us and then just turns, keeps walking we'll, later Refy, first let's get one of the fucking giant rocks off of our neck and then we'll go from there
2: i've literally never seen you like take off and go get up and Say, hey i'm gonna go take a bath or nothing you're really like can i have a chalky can i have a whiskey can i have a coffee and then you go and fight that cat lady out back and then you come back into the bar and say can i have a chalky and a coffee and a whiskey mm-hmm.
1: there's a bucket of water in the back alley Mm-mm. i
4: don't think it's water that's in there Ruffy. i mean is it yellow not really. Oh, that's terrible. It's usually
1: dark though, so I can't really see colors.
4: Mm, you're right. No, I don't think that. I don't think that's water. It's right next to the stables. So it's probably like horse piss.
3: I'm sure Raffi has a good enough sense of smell to differentiate between urine and water. Right.
2: Where's your little goblin laboratory partner? Where does he dump all his old chemical stuff? Is that the same bucket?
4: I hope not. I, I, you know what? I told him about that because one time, like I, I saw him do that, but he was like, "No, it's safe. There's no rules and regulations here in Outkin Star." But mm. I hope he learned his lesson because last time I checked, he had like a chemical burn right on his ankle. W-
3: Look, I'm
1: sure it's fine, but uh, the bigger question: what is the deal with her?
3: I think she's unhappy. She got her wings clipped. So we're getting Mugland? We're getting Mugland.
1: looked towards how who went in with him. He said, what is the deal? What is this
2: part of the contract? She was being very evasive. And he's like, okay, well, here, how about this? And he like, I don't know what the hell he did. There were some people talking. What's her name? Said something like, yeah, I killed these people and and it looks like you forced my hand and here we are.
3: If not civility, then tribalism. And the way around it, it's done.
1: Tusks, you son of a bitch, you actually had leverage. I thought you were going, in, I thought you were just going in there with the hope of morality and the high ground.
3: Not the high ground. Always the hope but always a contingency. I am a professional after all. As you keep pointing out, Taps Badge.
1: Gotta stop doing that.
3: And you gotta quit pointing it out. Plus, this doesn't carry me any farther than anybody else's mercenary insignia does. I am ostensibly a half a step down from the average crusader with a bent for keeping communities and people safe from those who would do them harm. It's not so bad, is it? It's not like I'm a shield marshal.
4: Hey, Halbert used to be a shield marshal. Albert used to be a shield marshal. I thought so. W- weren't you, Halbert? Where would you hear that from? I not It was a rumor. I remember when we all started, like, there were a bunch of rumors that we all had to keep in mind. That was one of my rumors.
3: War cats out of the bag now. Plus, didn't you have a friend from the Force who came with us? Maybe.